0: can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge. You're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy, corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hello. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I am Jackie Koch, your host. And today we are digging into what I think are some of the skills that you need to develop for your team and hire for in this world of AI. And if you're listening to the show and you maybe are not an entrepreneur or not a manager, this is going to be really helpful for you because it's going to list out the different skills that... I really think are going to be important for jobs um, and just for success as AI continues to evolve. So it's no secret that we are living in a rapidly changing world. I mean, AI, of course, like AI is ever since the launch of ChatGPT, I think, what, seven months ago, it seems like every single day something new, some new development happens but also remote work. There's just a lot of things that are changing and it's hard to keep up with it all. And so while I'm not saying that I am an expert by any means, I do have some opinions on what I think the future of work could look like as it relates to AI entering our lives, um, for those of us listening now, and what it's going to look like for the future once it's been here you know, to stay. Um, I feel, you know, I remember when email first came out, you guys, like, so it just makes me giggle thinking about how sometime in the future, there's going to be a world where people are born and don't even know. I mean, it's happening now. People are being born and they don't even, they're never going to know a world without AI. I can tell you, I remember sending my first email. I'm going to take a sidebar and tell you about it because I think it's really sweet. Maybe I've talked about it on the show, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna share it anyways. My one of my really good friends from high school had a foreign exchange student um, stay with her from Guatemala, um, Ana Lucia, and she quickly became one of our like best friends in our group of friends. And I kept in touch with her after she went back to Guatemala. I think she was with us for a full school year, our senior year, I believe, and we kept in touch via. <laughs> Actual letters, like mailing them to Guatemala. And I, we would keep in touch. And I always was like, I'm going to come visit you someday. And so we kept in touch. I remember when I was in college, or no, it wasn't college. It would have been before college. So it must have been in high school at some point. I remember the first time I could send her an email. And I remember sending her an email and being like, I hope this gets to you. Ha, ha, ha. Except it was. J-A-J-A, because that's what you say in Spanish. And I'll never forget that. I wish I had still had that email address because I think it would be the coolest thing to look back and see. It's just like when we joined Facebook. Anyways, all that to say, this is here to stay. And now, can you imagine? Like, I remember when email came out. Can you imagine if it, it never was here? Like, how would we even do work? How would we spend our days? Like, it's just natural. Now there's whole jobs about email marketing. You know, like it's wild. So that was a really long tangent. One, I wasn't expecting to share, but you're welcome. Um, So I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I definitely have some opinions. Um, And, you know, I don't think that AI is going to replace people's jobs. It's just going to change the jobs that we need. And the people who don't adapt, unfortunately, are going to be left struggling to find a job. I hate saying that because there's people who are going to choose not to adapt and learn this stuff. And then there's going to be people who struggle to do it as quickly because of a variety, like many different reasons, right? They don't have access to it. They, maybe there's a disability that keeps them from being able to, to, to use it. And things have not caught up to give them access. Like there's going to be people I think who this is affecting, um, who maybe don't have as much of a choice, but for the bulk of us, especially those listening to the show, you have a choice to either decide to test it out and figure it out or not to. But if you choose not to, it's coming regardless. So you better get on board, especially if you are a small business owner. We had a podcast that aired a couple months ago where I talked to my friend, Jim Carter. And you know both of us are not experts and we definitely weren't at the time of recording this, but we did talk about how you need to start playing with it and just test it out. Like, Think about the stuff you don't like doing or don't have time doing and explore how AI could do that for you. I've been doing that ever since I had that conversation with him. Really committing to almost every single day, seeing how AI or chat GPT can help me do stuff better and maybe not better, but definitely more effectively or if at all. There's so many things in running a business like I have that I don't have time to do. Like outside of this podcast, I have clients that I'm servicing. I'm interviewing candidates all day long. I'm getting back to, to clients. Like I have a lot of day-to-day work that makes it difficult for me to do my social media, to do even develop these podcasts. So how can I help it make it easier with some of these tools? And I have been doing that and it's been fun. It was Overwhelming and a little bit disheartening at first because I didn't really figure it out. I felt like I was like, it was all foreign to me. I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And now that I just keep reading articles about it, testing out new things, it is really actually getting kind of fun. And every day I'm amazed at, oh my gosh, I could do this or I could do that. Like it's been really fun. So as a CEO and leader, like I do think you need to go first, you need to start to experiment it with yourself. I do not think that you can just sit back and be like, oh, I'll have my team do it. They'll figure it out. You got to figure it out. Can you imagine if your leader did not? I mean, there's some probably who didn't choose email, but you got to go first. And that doesn't mean that you have to be the expert and devote hours and hours and hours of your day to it. But how can you help learn with your team members if you're not actually doing it? So you've got to find time to, to dig in and test some stuff yourself. And then give your time, your team, some time to experiment it. If they see you experimenting with it, and and you give them time to test it out in their daily work, they're more likely to give it a go. Whereas if you're like, oh, go like if you're forcing them to do it outside of their work hours, they're never going to do it, and that's not going to help your business. So challenge them to find ways that they can incorporate it into their day to day work, and. Make sure that they know it's not to replace them. You're not looking, I think that's going to come up. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're looking to replace me with this. You're going to figure out how to use it and then get rid of me. And the answer is no. If you find someone who can like utilize AI in a way to become four or five times as productive, you're probably going to keep them, right? Because they're going to be able to do stuff in a lot of different things. And so you want to adopt you really want to reinforce and adopt that mindset that you want them to learn how to make their jobs easier. I mean, I'm going. Everyone complains that they have so much work to do and they're overworked and they're over bandwidth and all of these things. And some of it might true be true. Others are just complaints. Like challenge them to figure out how to use ai to reduce their workloads tell them you're willing to invest in the tools to do that but they they need to be the ones to figure it out and if they see you actually having their back on that they're going to be more likely to do that and that is going to benefit your business yes you might be training them upskilling them so that they go work somewhere else but honestly isn't that the whole point of having a team is you want them to be you want them to leave your organization better than they came With more skills than they joined you with? Like, if not, then why do you even have a business with people? Like, that should be your ultimate goal. And it shouldn't be to keep them from going somewhere else. Ooh, tangent. (laughs) Anyways, back on track. My whole point of that is like, you gotta try it too. You can't just say, oh, go try this and then have no idea what they're talking about when they come back to you excited for how it works. Like you got to be a part of it with them. You got to be in the arena with them testing this out. So go and do that. So back to the skills that I think that people on your teams need to have and you need to have to be successful. I actually want to talk about this job, this, this jobs report from the World Economic Forum. It was called the Future of Jobs Report. It was, it was, um, in 2020 when they published it and they list 10 core skills that were going, that would be needed by 2025, right? So it's 2023 now when this podcast is airing, we are three years into this five-year report and they're pretty spot on, not going to lie. So the 10 core skills could really be bucketed into four different types of skills. So one is problem solving. Two is self-management Three is working with people. Crazy that you would need to be able to work with people even though there's more technology coming, right? But yes, you do. And then the fourth would be technology. And that's the ability to use it and to develop it. And so within each of these categories, there's skills. So problem solving, um, the skills really needed underneath problem solving are analytical thinking and innovation, complex problem solving, critical thinking and analysis, creativity, originality, and initiative, reasoning, problem-solving, and ideation. Under self-management was active learning and learning strategies, resilience, stress tolerance, and flexibility. Yep. Underneath working with people was leadership and social influence. We talk all about that stuff on this podcast, so hopefully by now you're an expert, I guess if you're implementing, if you just listen, and it doesn't really go anywhere from between the years, then it doesn't really matter. And then the fourth is technology, and that's the ability to use and the ability to develop it. And that's, you know, designing, programming, but also just like monitoring, using it and controlling it. And so when I look at this list, like it is actually playing out, right? I do think that there's one biggie that's missing, and that's like being curious or, Desire to learn, learnability, if that's if that's a skill. But essentially, you got to be able to learn new things. And that's a skill. I do think it's a skill that can be developed. But like you got to be willing and you got to be able to learn quickly. Maybe not quickly. I don't know if that's actually necessarily needed. But you have to be able to learn and want to do it as we can see, even within like the first seven months since ChatGPT was around, like you're learning all the time and you got to try new things. You got to learn how to ask questions. You got to learn how to problem solve. You got to learn how to work with the AI. That's all those skills that we just listed, which is really interesting. And so when I read that in preparing for this podcast episode, I was like, this really does remind me of a book that I read a few years ago. And I'm going to, I read it back in 2019. It's now 2023. I think it came out in 2019. Maybe I listened to it when I was commuting to and from downtown LA home. Regardless, it's irrelevant. I'm going to listen to it again on the road trip. I'm going to make Nick listen to it on our road trip home. Um, And it's called Range. Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. And it's by David Epstein. Highly recommend you read it. I read it because I always felt like a generalist. And I was like, oh, should I become a specialist in something? Like, would that be better for my career? Because at the time, I wasn't sure I loved what I was doing, all these things. And I got to say, after reading that book, I was like, you know what? Being a generalist is awesome. I'm going to keep doing it. And I think it's panned out for me so far. So I recommend you read it. Um, But essentially, he explores the concept of generalization versus specialization and the impact each has on success. So he essentially like looks at and stories of really successful musicians, scientists, or athletes, and in, in other other fields as well. And he looks at how early they started to specialize as they were becoming a master at whatever whatever they were doing. Um, and he looked specifically, I think it was Tiger Woods, and how he started specializing in golf really, really early. And then like really at an early age. And then he looked at (laughs) Federer, the tennis player. I can't remember his first name. And how he played a bunch of different sports. And he didn't specialize in tennis until later on in life. And the difference in their success and their ability to be successful in their sport. Um, He looked at some other people in different industries as well. And basically, contrary to the common belief, like, a lot of people think you need to hyper specialize in order to be super successful. But he argues that, and Epstein, the author argues that having a broad range of skills and interests has a lot of use cases in which it could be more beneficial. And most of the time it is. So the book explores and then what's also really interesting is that it he talks about different types of learning environments that are different or that are more suitable for different types of, of roles. And the way he describes learning environments, I think, are is kind of closely related to work environments. Like one is like really structured and one might be a little bit more chaotic, I guess. And so like environments where patterns repeat and feedback is immediate are great for specialists. But those the environments that are full of uncertainty and irregularities are better for generalists because they can take insights from one area and apply them to another. And so I have to imagine most of your workplaces are probably a little bit more irregular or full of uncertainty, right? You might have an environment where patterns repeat. You know, if you have a manufacturing floor. Like I remember when I worked at Polaris and there was the manufacturing plant, like it was very repetitive, and feedback was immediate. Either the part was made right or it wasn't. You know, um, that's great for a specialist who's able to do that one job, but it wasn't great for, you know, some of the other benefits that that generalists might have. Um, the book also talks about how having a broad having broad experiences and a wide range of knowledge allows you to make different connections and insights than others, and that helps make, pave the way for groundbreaking ideas to happen. And he also did some studies that people who specialize later in life, so those who spend more time, more years, more time exploring multiple different career fields before choosing a specific path, often outperform those who specialized early and that's because they've developed a broader skill set that can be applied like flexibly and creatively which is definitely helpful in rapidly changing worlds which is what we're living in right generalists also have a diverse skill set and the ability to integrate multiple perspectives and disciplines which helps lead to more creativity innovation and effective problem solving all if you ask me what are needed in order to thrive in a world utilizing AI. And so there's a few other, just to break down some of the unique traits that, that he actually comes out with um, in his book is their generalists are better at adapting to new and complex situations because they can draw on a wider range of experience and skills. And this is obviously crucial in a rapidly changing world. They have the ability to integrate different knowledge from different disciplines to generate new ideas and innovative solutions. So, interdisciplinary thinking, that is, right? So, that approach can foster creative and unique problem solving skills. Like, if you're only hiring someone who's only done this job and only done it in this way, like, they're never going outside of the, they're never coloring outside of the lines, right? So, having interdisciplinary thinking is helpful there's resilience. So in a rapidly evolving world, generalists can fare better typically because they're not tied down to one narrow field, which could potentially become obsolete. Versatility. Generalists are often more versatile in their skills and abilities, making them more employable in a wide range of roles and industries. Problem solving. Generalists are often better at tackling complex problems. They can leverage their, by leveraging their broad knowledge base to see connections and potential solutions that might not be apparent to someone with a narrower improved communication. Oftentimes they can communicate more effectively with people across different domains because they understand different domains and experiences. They can have more empathy. They understand how what they're saying impacts this person more, right? And then it can also help with decision making because they're drawing on a wide range of experiences and knowledge. They have a better framework for decision making, especially in chaotic environments where rules are often unclear. So all of those, like those are all the skills and all the reasons, all the skills needed, and also the reasons why I think you need to hire people who have a wide range of experience. And so I have this crazy view. I guess maybe it's not a crazy viewpoint, but I do have this this interesting thought that most of the jobs that exist today are going to be very different. Like I think people potentially will be able to come in and like lead both sales, like do sales and marketing work, because they're going to be leveraging AI to do a lot of the work for it. So they just have to understand. What they're trying to do, how to ask the right questions, how to troubleshoot, how to problem solve. And I just see this world where we're not going to need a bunch of specialized people. I see this world where we don't need departments. Like, do we actually need a marketing department and a sales department? I don't know. Or, you know, maybe we do, maybe we won't. Maybe we will, maybe we won't, but I could see a world where instead of having 15 people on the team, you only need five because everybody knows a li- enough to get to utilize AI to do some of the, the day-to-day tactical work, right? Like, And what you actually need is somebody who's a strategic thinker and problem solver to know what it is that needs to get done and how to ask the, the right tools, the right things in order to create it. So I have no idea if that even made sense because I'm still formulated it, formulating it in my brain and I could definitely be wrong and maybe the pendulum will not swing that far. Um, but regardless if it does or it doesn't, I think the need to hire people with the skills we just described will be crucial. So make sure that you are assessing for a lot of these skills in your hiring process and find ways to develop these skills within your team so that you're you're ready and you have a team that can handle whatever the future of tech's tech brings us because it's coming. So until next time, thank you for tuning in and keep on being a great boss or at least trying to be. Just even wanting to be a good boss makes you a, uh, makes you a much better boss than most. So thanks for tuning in and until next time. of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.